Grandpa Memphis, I saw a homeless man on the street today. So many people ignored the situation he was in, and even less people wanted to do anything to help him. So, what can I do? It sounds like you need to start a movement. I honestly wasn't thinking about starting a movement. The only meaningful change that happens in this world always begins from movement, no matter how big or small. Whenever I am frustrated by unequal treatment like you saw towards the homeless man today, I think about the time we started the civil rights movement and continued to fight until we got the equality we deserved. Whoa, I didn't know you were a part of the civil rights movement. Grandpa Memphis, can you tell me about your experience? Yeah, well, one of the first instances I can remember was attending a sit-in. Here's how the story of that day began. Ready to go in, Perlina, and just remember, if they try to beat us, crawl up into a ball to defend yourself. But don't fight back. This is a peaceful protest. Got, Got it. it. Alright, there's the counter. Let's go. Memphis, there's an officer right there. Watch out! You think you can just sit at an all-white lunch counter? Get out of here, you piece of trash. You deserve that beating. Now listen very carefully, Tiara. At this point, a mob had formed around us. I had gotten arrested and I was later told that Perlita and Anne were thrown against the counters by some of the people in the mob. A white woman from the crowd named Joan saw a man pass by Annie with a knife and she called out, Annie, he has a knife. She then sat down and joined the two girls by the counter and the crowd went wild because a white girl was sitting with all the black girls and supporting our demonstration. Later, a white man named Salter joined and the crowd screamed more than before. How chaotic. And it gets more violent here, darling. They started banging at his head with brass knuckles, broken pieces of glass sugar containers, and burnt him with cigarettes. At this point, the girls said that they didn't know if they would make it out safe and alive. Wow, Grandpa, that's really scary. I'm getting shivers thinking about it. So at the sit-ins, you guys would just sit, wait to be served, and if people came to threaten you, you would just sit quietly and take it? Exactly. The students would have to take the punishments of whites who tried to start fights with them at these restaurants, and when the police came to arrest them, another group of students would take their place. We students, like many other participants of the sit-in movement, believed that change would happen if we proved that the violence was only coming from the whites. And darling, we did it. Eventually, restaurants in the South started to allow blacks to eat at restaurants without being in segregated areas. And later on, in the 1960s, Freedom Rides had also become a popular peaceful movement. Freedom Rides? What's that? The Freedom Rides were planned by an organization called the Congress of Racial Equality, or CORE for short. These riders, some of which were white, while the majority were black, rode interstate buses in order to protest segregation in buses. Where did they ride to? Ah, you see, these freedom riders would ride to the south, where segregation remained prominent, and attempt to use white-only restrooms, or sit at front counters. Typically, the rides were designed to go from Washington, D.C. to Louisiana. The very first group of freedom riders encountered resistance at a bus terminal in Rock Hill. There, many white males beat the riders for having used a white restroom. When the first group failed to go on, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC, sent another group starting from Alabama. Although they never made it to Louisiana, their cause is emphasized throughout mass media, which showed the white resistance and attacks they faced along the way. This led to the Interstate Commerce Commission outlawing segregation in interstate travel. Wow, they seem determined. But Grandpa Memphis, besides the people who were a part of CORE, were there any other leaders who publicly spoke out about civil rights and helped make these protests happen? 
Like, oh, isn't Martin Luther King Jr. one of them? I only know that because I get a whole day of sleeping in because of what he did. Hey, put some respect on that name, Tiara. Sorry, Grandpa. Do you even know what he did? Lucky for you, I happened to be there at Dr. King's famous I Have a Dream speech with a friend, Lupita. Now, not only was it life-changing for so many African Americans during the movement, but it helped push for the government's approval of the Voting and Civil Rights Act. Interesting. Tell me more. Do you remember the details of the speech? Tiara, darling, I remember every word of it. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream Wow, what a profound speech Martin Luther King Jr. has certainly been a successful leader for all of us. What do you think, Lupita? Oh, I agree. He's been a real pivotal and charismatic leader for the SCLC. The nonviolent protests have definitely gotten conversations started in the government. <sighs> Coretta Scott King is so blessed to have him. You speak the truth, Peter. Although the Birmingham campaign almost failed to, due to the aggressive approach of Councilman Bull Connor as he used violent measures such as police dogs and high-velocity water hoses, King was still a great leader and was even willing to voluntarily join other protesters in jail. I find that so admirable. Yeah, even when it got tough and some black protesters resorted to violence, the children who were the most integral part of the campaign kept to their nonviolent ideals and did what they were told. Because of King's superb actions and leadership, the Birmingham campaign was a huge success, Memphis. Not only was desegregation mandated in Birmingham and Councilman Bull Connor got fired, but it also attracted a lot of media attention in the U.S. and around the world. Ah, I knew there was a reason we became friends. And more than that, the civil rights movement has also been successful in other areas. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People started allowing blacks to attend non-historically black universities, allowing blacks to be exposed to more knowledge and opportunities. I'm so happy that so much progress is being made, and equality is becoming more and more evident. Me too! It's not over yet, though. There's still so much more to fight for. As Dr. King said in his speech, the sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until there is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. To me, this means that this is just the start of our journey to achieving rights. Take voting, for instance. African Americans are allowed to vote, but it is so hard for them to do so because not only are voting registration offices far away, but blacks are often intimidated and discouraged from voting because whites would often harass black voters and damage their property and land. Hmm, that's unfortunately true. Ugh. I seriously hope that these problems could disappear soon. Tell me about it. But we must continue to work hard and remember our purpose. As King once said, when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every city and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, great God Almighty, we are free at last. And I'm waiting for the day to feel free at last. It 
It really seems like Martin Luther King Jr. inspired people to continue fighting for rights without using physical violence. So, what was one result of Dr. King's actions? Hmm, well, because the nonviolent protests led by King gained so much attention, for instance, one of the big ones was the Selma March. This led to the government eventually passing the Civil Rights Act in 1964, which banned segregation in all public places and deemed the violation of civil rights as an offense. Though this was a major win for us, we still needed more, as blacks from all over still suffered from many other issues such as poverty, job discrimination, and were still discouraged from voting. Wait, what happened with the voting issue? After many protests and marches, the government ultimately passed the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Sounds interesting. So, what exactly was this act and what did it do? The Voting Rights Act was passed by President Lyndon B. Johnson after the Selma March, in which protesters marched several times and King gave another speech. This time, the protesters were faced with the threat of Governor George Wallace of Alabama, who hurt protesters with tear gas and cavalry troops. Nevertheless, King and the protesters' persistence led to the Voting Rights Act, which made it so that every state had to comply to certain voting laws, and they could not make a race a hindrance in voting. Thus, blacks finally could be more comfortable in registering to vote and when voting. That must have been a huge win for you guys, but how did you guys deal with other problems like job discrimination? Well, we did what we always did. We kept on protesting until change was made. In 1972, Congress passed the Equal Rights Opportunity Act, which was the first federal law to protect U.S. citizens from employment discrimination. Businesses could no longer treat a person differently because of their race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, and instead had to treat everyone equally as they should as American citizens. This meant that in all cases such as hiring, firing, and promotions, businesses were mandated to give everyone the same chance and base their choices on merit alone. Furthermore, the government also promoted affirmative action. Oh, isn't that still around today? Why yes, good job for recognizing it. Now, back to what I was saying. Affirmative action was where businesses would actually be paid to hire employees of color, which encouraged businesses to make a broader reach to all people. It did not solve problems overnight, but it was a big step on the way to equality. It showed that through persistency, we could accomplish anything and everything. How did you guys solve other issues? Like, I heard people used to discriminate on housing and would often give houses to people of color in poorer, more rundown areas. Let me explain more on that. You see, in the Civil Rights Act of 1968, Congress passed the Fair Housing Act, which had the primary goal of making it illegal to refuse to sell, rent to, or negotiate with any person because of a person's inclusion in a protected class, which included us African Americans. This act created a unitary housing market, one where a person's background does not determine or restrict access to the ability to buy houses. For many years, we called for equal access to housing, and only a week after Martin Luther King's death did we achieve it. Wow, it seems like everyone in the civil rights movement was so determined and never really took a violent approach to actions. Isn't that right? Well, not exactly. Some people had a more militaristic approach to the civil rights movement. Aside from organizations like the SCLC, there's also Black Power led by Malcolm X and Stokely Carmichael. Malcolm X was a huge critic of King's nonviolent approach, as he didn't think it was effective. The Black Power movement focused more on poverty and inner city problems, and some participants of Black Power called Black Panthers were all black and carried around weapons in the hopes of being as scary as the KKK. After growing impatient with Dr. King's violent, nonviolent methods, I actually was a part of the Black Power movement for a while. No way, you were so involved, Grandpa Memphis. Mom even told me they put you in jail for a few months. <sighs> it was a very different time back then, very different than the time we are in now. In the spring of 1964, I remember in particular, we had a few run-ins with the law, especially with one police officer in my hometown, and ended up in jail several times. I was bruised and beaten on countless occasions, but my pride as an African American was never undone.
Dang it, Memphis. We got arrested for protesting again. I'm so sick and tired of always going to jail for a right I deserve as a citizen. Not only does the food taste bad and the restroom is gross, but it just doesn't feel like we're making any progress. I don't think we can sit around and let them take advantage of us. We need to stand up and take action. I agree, man. This observer stuff isn't working. I know we need to stay disciplined, but I am not enjoying these peaceful protests just to get our butts kicked back to jail. Well, have you heard of Malcolm X and the Black Power Movement? Brother Malcolm said we need to stop speaking and start taking action. The party started out in efforts of protecting residents from police brutality, but now they are calling of the arming of all African Americans. But the whole point of peaceful protest was to prove that the whites are the ones with the guns. Lord, why can't they just show us some respect? Because they think they can brutalize us and lock us up because we are ignorant to the laws. What we need to do is exercise our constitutional right as citizens to defend and arm ourselves. Then if they try to brutalize or violate our rights, we got a right and means to defend ourselves. And this is according to the Second Amendment. If you want more reasons to feel justified for being armed, take a look at the poverty in the South right now. My brothers and sisters there are homeless and living in terrible conditions. What? No way! I never thought of that. So you're saying that we can carry around guns because it's legal? And that way people will be less likely to oppose us. I mean, it's not about shooting cops, but getting a man's attention and showing our community we won't put up with this any longer. Yeah, the law says as long as you stand a reasonable distance, that's 8 to 10 feet to be exact, you got a right to observe the police carrying out their duties. So brother, there is no law broken. Hmm, alright. Once we get out of here, let's carry around guns and get our message across. You got it. With this new idea, I can finally help achieve true equality for all blacks. Several months later. Have you heard the news? Our valiant leader, Malcolm X, has been assassinated. No, no, no. You cannot be serious. What in the world happened? During a rally in New York City, Malcolm X was shot by Muslims from the Nation of Islam. This is not good. What will we do without our leader? Ah. <sighs> Maybe being militant and aggressive is not the best approach. Maybe Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was right. We should probably go back to him. He's our only hope now. You know what? You're right. 1968 Bad news, Memphis. What happened? King is dead. How can this be? Just when we were gaining some more progress? What exactly happened? This morning, when King came out of his hotel room in Memphis, Tennessee, he was shot by a sniper and ultimately died after being transported to the hospital. The night before, he had given a speech at a local church in support of a sanitation worker's strike. You can argue that Martin Luther King's death was considered the end of the civil rights movement, but his death was not in vain, as the government was pressured to pass even more laws regarding to civil rights. Overall, the movement was a huge deal, and without it, we would not be where we are today. In fact, I met your grandmother through this movement. For real? I never knew. Hmm, yeah. She was a friend who first introduced me to the sit-ins and got me really involved in the civil rights movement. She's a really strong woman. I would not be the man I am today without her constantly by my side. Like I mentioned earlier, in 1968, President Lyndon B. Johnson issued the Civil Rights Act of 1968, also known as the Fair Housing Act, which made it so that discrimination didn't play a role in the process of people buying or renting houses. This law allowed your grandmother and I to quickly find a new home and start our own family. After moving in for two years, your grandmother gave birth to your father. Aw, that's so sweet. I'm glad it turned out well for you, Grandpa. It's getting late, Tiara. Come on, time for bed. Say goodnight to Grandpa Memphis.
Oh, okay, Grandma's right. It's getting late and I haven't started my homework yet. Thank you for sharing your experience. No problem, darling. Anything for you. The truth is, Grandpa Memphis, you inspired me to start my own movement for the homeless now. Maybe I can start by creating an organization that focuses on getting permanent supportive housing for the homeless in society. I'm glad I inspired you. Now get some sleep. Sweet dreams, sweetie pie.